Hi, I'm Cheryl Broom, CEO of Graduate Communications. And today I have a very special guest on. Uh, Chuck Fetterly is the owner and CEO of TEC Direct Media and a friend of mine. Chuck uh, and his company plan and buys media for artists, brands, and agencies so they can generate awareness, acquire new customers, and drive sales. As a top media agency in Chicago, they use media and the data derived from it as a way to deliver great messages to audiences that want to discover, advocate for, and purchase products and services, including higher education. Uh, Chuck and I have a great conversation around how to plan for media buys, the advantages of using a media buying agency, questions you should ask a media buying agency when you're interviewing them uh, to work together. And he just gives some great tips on things that he has seen change over the last 20 years. It's a great conversation with a true expert, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Well, Chuck, thank you so much for joining me. I'm happy to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Cheryl. Great to be here. Yes. And I know it's late your time, so I appreciate you making the time uh, after vacation to talk to me, but I'm super excited to have you on to talk all things media buying. So let's start. Tell me about your company and your background and what you've been doing. Sure thing. Um, well, I'm Chuck Federley. I own and operate TEC Direct Media. We're a planning and buying agency out of Chicago. Um, my background, I came from a storied past. I've worked literally on all sides of the media business. I worked in media sales. I've worked on the media side at radio stations. Um, I've worked at a number of agencies, both in-house agencies and, and other agencies. And then I started TEC back in 2001. So I've literally sat on all sides of the media table. I think, um, I bring a, a unique perspective, you know, to, to media planning and buying. Um, as a company, um, we virtually or literally plan and buy all forms of paid media. So not just digital, um, not just TV or radio or outdoor, literally all forms of paid media. And I'm really proud to say that because I think what's happening today is even even media planning and buying is becoming, you know, a specialty or you just do social or you just do search or you just do, you know, other forms of media. So my great little team of people uh we call media strategists plan and buy all forms so it's great it's good perspective what made you start your agency what what was that catalyst um you know i've always loved media you know i think you know i, I was always into reading magazines watching movies and tv and when i found out i could actually make a career out of this i was like oh that's pretty cool um but um as far as the agency was concerned, I think it was out of working with other agencies. I, I said one day, you know, I think I can do this and I, I think I can do it better. <laughs> Little did I know at the time it was a lot of work, um, but it's been a good journey. You know, we've been at it 20 years. Uh, we celebrated last year, so um, we must be doing something right. When I worked at a college and had to manage our media buy, I got called constantly by every single media outlet in San Diego. And then if I booked a radio ad on one channel, every oh, single yeah. radio channel would start calling. Yeah. I heard your ad on 91X, don't you wanna be on 92.5? And it made me crazy and I didn't have time to answer all the calls. So I 
I hired a company to come in and take media buying off my plate. And it was literally the best decision I had ever made. It freed up so much time and I got all, I got better buys, everything. It was great. Yeah. I often tell people that, you know, trying to plan and buy your own media is like you trying to be your own attorney, right? (laughs) It's like too much, way too much time or a lot more time than you thought you needed. And, you know, expertise. Let's talk about planning media, because that's something I think a lot of my clients have a hard time doing is planning. (laughs) Um, How do you plan a good media spend? That's a great question, because I got to be honest, a lot of our clients come to us and say, we want you to buy this, Right. right? And you look, okay, fine, we can do that. But can we back up two or three steps and go back to the overall, you know, strategy of, of what it is you're trying to do or the goals you're trying to achieve and have them define those. And then um, we'll get into more of a planning mode. And for, for us, that really, you know, entails sitting down with them and finding out what it is they're trying to achieve um, and then discuss the outcomes they're looking for and then start to consider, you know, different media strategies that might achieve those goals. And then it's also evaluating the media at that stage um, in the sense of reach. You know, there's always the reach number, like, you know, if there's a particular demo or, or audience that you're, you're trying to reach, you know, how much of that audience am I going to be able to reach with this budget? Um, what can I expect as sort of some deliverables from a plan? So all of those things we sort of discuss in the planning stages. And then once that's approved, then we go on to the, obviously the buying and the execution. And you make some really interesting media buys yeah, for some very interesting people. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. We, we were really fortunate um, a number of years ago. One of my, was, was my college roommate. He worked for a music marketing company and him and his partner were looking for somebody that did what I do. And that was media services um, for their music clients. So here we are 15 plus years later, and that partnership has done extraordinarily well. And we now work with literally every major music label in the country, a lot of independents, music artists themselves, some managers. Um, and it's, it's probably, dare I say, one of the favorite parts of my business, not that I don't like the other clients we work with, I certainly do and, and value them immensely, but, um, it is fun to work with like, you know, Billie Eilish and Lady Gaga and, um, you know, Adele, you know, was just one of our recent, uh, projects. So it's, it's a lot of fun. But yeah. you had a campaign. So for those listening to the podcast, Chuck and I belong to a to a group, a peer group where um, agency owners get together and we discuss things and have a lot of fun. And you showed a case study video that I showed to my team and they have been talking about it for like a year. And it's <laughs> I think it's Rihanna. And I was like, hey, guys, I can't make a video as exciting as Rihanna. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, oh, that was that. That was a great campaign. We actually were asked to do some outdoor media. She was uh, unveiling her lingerie brand at the time, and they were looking for not just outdoor domestically, but internationally. 
So they said, could you guys handle our international outdoor? And of course we can and have done that in the past. So yeah, that was a great, um, you're probably referring to the outdoor video um, mm -hmm. promo reel that we put together, our sizzle reel for outdoor media. And outdoor media is great for that because it's such a visual medium, right? You have these huge, big, splashy um, billboards and digital spectaculars and, you know, all different formats. So it's a lot of fun to work in that medium. Actually, we've, we've had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. I think one of your ads might've been a Times Square. And yeah. Was it? Yeah. 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 Just the other and, day, I had an idea for like a sizzle video and our creative director was like, can't we do it more like that one video you sent? I was like, <laughs> we don't have things in Times Square. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? It's interesting. I mean, we've done little kiosks in malls. We've done, you know, the proverbial, you know, highway billboard, you know, in the right location and with the right creative, those actually will show very well, right? So they don't always need to be the super sexy, you know, 100 foot long digital spectacular in Times Square um, to still stand out and look good. Yeah, it's actually, I want to talk about billboards. That's so interesting i had somebody reach out to me on linkedin because they saw a billboard we did for a client and they contacted the client and the client told them to contact me so i'm like talking to this guy that just saw a billboard on the side of the road and remembered it and wanted to know all about the college yep. um so i loved it it was great i'm like this is great but we never really know how those billboards do like when you're doing your placement what what do you look for like what makes that a good buy and how do you measure it you know it 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 is often used for reach you know in a particular geography and knowing that there's a certain number of people frankly that just pass that billboard every day and there's some different uh, equations and and formulas that the outdoor vendors use to come up with those numbers some are very suspect i'll tell you um, so we take those numbers with a grain of salt, but, but billboards are used for very specific geographic, you know, reach, uh, in a market. Um, it can have a response mechanism, um, back in the day when I was doing a lot more direct response and this will show my age, you know, we did a lot more 800 numbers and things like that. Now the QR code, as we all know, is having an amazing resurgence. We've had some boards that will use that for actually people to engage with as they walk by. Um, we did a really interesting, um, uh, one of the uh, cable networks was doing um, uh, some programming around LGBTQ and we did all these painted murals in the Los Angeles and New York area and those had QR codes with them so people could engage and there was a fundraising aspect to it. So that worked very well um, with some very few placements, all those street level, right? So people could do it right from their sidewalk on the phone. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, outdoor is an interesting medium that's evolved. Certainly over the last few years, we're actually doing a lot more of it than we ever have before. And I think primarily because of everyone walking around with our devices in our hands, we're actually able to either take a picture of it and remember it and go look it up later or engage with a QR code or literally go to a URL if that's featured on the board. So, um, takes all shapes and forms of, of messaging, but um, it, it, it still continues to work. Yeah, we have clients who their faculty will be like, so-and-so college has buses. Like, why aren't we on buses? And that's yeah. another popular one. And there's never any way to substantiate like how it actually did besides just reach. Yeah. Um, 
and it's expensive. I, you know, it's interesting because I'll, I'll be very frank. I think a lot of our clients love it because they can see it, right? And their friends see it. And then, you know, like you said, they'll, maybe they'll see their competitors doing it and they think that they have to do it. There is, transit is huge. Like we do a lot of transit, you know, uh, subway stations, bus wraps, um, you know, kiosks at um, bus stops, uh, you name it. And they can be static, they can be digital, but they tend to get noticed, you know, and I think that's, that's it at the end of the day. And now with, you know, obviously social channels, people are sharing pictures. Again, I will preface that the best outdoor campaigns, it's all about the creative. You know, if you have a good, good message and really creative, creative, if you will, um, it's a great medium. You know, I'm, I get frustrated when sometimes clients just get lazy and they'll, you know, repurpose a display ad from digital to try to use it on, you know, on a billboard. And I'm like, oh, come on, you've got much bigger uh, real estate here to deal with. Yeah. I mean, there's like Chick-fil-A that has cows climbing the billboards and yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Or what they have, they call them billboard extensions. Like you can actually, like, I'm thinking of cows and like, we had one with a guitar that kind of the guitar was like growing out of the billboard, like really cool executions. Really cool stuff. Well, I yeah. just saw one the other day on the freeway by my house where instead of doing an extension, like a guitar or a stethoscope, they actually just made the entire billboard bigger. So they did. <laughs> like a giant extension so it was yeah. like double the size and i was like wow yeah. that was that was creative yep it was all of a sudden double the space yeah we we have a deck that we literally are constantly updating with all the possible executions in all of the different markets um and clients love it because it's literally just as they flip through it you know it's it gives them such incredible ideas of what they can do with their messaging you know, Ooh, I want long. a copy of that. Yeah, you Look got it. Way. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, it's a, it's a great planning tool, and yeah. frankly, that's that's why we why we have it, so they can they can think creatively and strategically beyond just the static billboard. You know, which is you know everybody thinks of outdoor, they think of the static billboard. Now it's so much more than that now. Yeah, and then you know, having somebody manage your media gives you a little bit more space to be creative and to focus on that, so that you can have the best messaging. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know if people who aren't in marketing realize how much time it takes to actually build out your plan and then to book all your media and to evaluate it. So and to pay for it to go you know, through purchasing. <laughs> I, I, listen, I am a beneficiary of, of what's typically the biggest line item in a marketing budget, and that's the media budget, right? But I am always, always pleading with clients to please, you know, dedicate as much resources as they have to creative, you know, and to a little bit more planning so we can just, you know, put out the best possible effort and get the results they're looking for, period. It's a, it's a blend. Yeah. Right message, right creative and the right placement. Indeed. And now you've been in business, your 20 year anniversary. Mm -hmm. So what are some highlights or things you've seen change over the last 20 years in, in media buying? Oh, wow. Wow. Well, like <laughs> in 30 seconds or less. <laughs> yeah. No, let's just give you a quick one, right? The obvious one is obviously the shift to digital, but the one that is we are really seeing accelerate now is the shift in video and how we're all consuming videos. So, you know, 
we all would love to sit down and watch our favorite TV programs and things of that nature, but there, it's changing how we do it, right? We, we are using connected TV, we are using YouTube, we're using Hulu, we're using all these different devices connected to our TV to access different video content. Um, you know, there, there was the term, I'm sure you've heard of it, cord cutters, right? The people that cut their cable cords and they no longer wanted cable. They would just get their internet signal and then stream video content from the various sources. Now there's cord nevers, right? There's that generation who are graduating school or in college or whatever, and they're not even subscribing to a traditional, you know, cable TV package. They're just going for their internet service and, and streaming everything. So connected TV and, and this shift to really what we call OTT is rapidly occurring. Um, and we have started in CTV doing um, some campaigns for clients probably two plus years ago. And now that that has rapidly increased. So TV budgets now are becoming more connected TV budgets or OTT budgets. OTT stands for over the top. It's just another way to deliver video ads to all those connected devices. We focus on the connected TV uh, strategy because we still want our clients to enjoy the big TV screen experience for their video creative, right? Not everything can be rendered and, and look as nice on a mobile device, you know, with your video creative. So clients still want that big TV experience. Um, but that shift and that trend um, is happening, happening rapidly. And i um, happy to say we're, you know, we're, we're staying in the, uh, we're ahead of the curve, I think. And because it is a wild, wild, um, you talked about before about having all these radio reps call you after you, you know, did that one campaign. Um, same thing, you know, we have CTV reps that as soon as they see that we're active and there's literally dozens of them because how it's working is different entities are managing that inventory. It's not like ABC is selling all of their CTV stuff, right? They might be selling some of it and then other people might be, you know, there might be what we call on the ad exchanges inventory available. I'm getting too granular and probably confusing people, but, um, you know, it's a rapidly growing space and I think it's an exciting one because it still involves video and a great creative experience, but the targeting is, is, is really cool. Like think of all the targeting that you can do in digital. Now you can do that with essentially television. It's really cool. Yeah, that is really cool. We, we've done some OTT campaigns with some clients, uh, but very little. I think the colleges are just starting to warm up to things like that. Yeah. They still want their buses. Yeah. <laughs> well, buses and or local TV, right? Yeah. Like the local yeah. TV stuff still speaks because it is a local medium and that's what yes. they, that's who they want to communicate to. So what we're doing a lot with some of those more local clients is a combination of the two because particularly you guys, if you want to reach maybe a slightly younger audience who's searching for schools and um, or thinking about their secondary education, right? There are targeting um, what we call behavioral targeting segments that we can purchase um, that allows us to communicate and reach those people more directly through connected TV, whereas local television is a broadcast medium, more broad, right? The only way to really reach them is through contextual targeting or buying a certain program. So, but the combination of the two tends to be a lot more effective on a local level now. That's great. And talking yeah. about targeting, I mean, it seems like every different media 
venue or channel has kind of its own targeting options. Like you can do it some on this, but you can't do it on this one. And yeah, I will tell you this, I, to simplify this whole targeting, you know, you know, landscape, I break it down into two main, um, groups. There's first party, there's first party data, right? So there's data that our clients own and have, maybe it's their email list. It's all their website traffic so that they can retarget to those folks, right? That's all like first party data, their CRM data, et cetera, right? That's gold. And you can take that data and, and plop it into different platforms and, and types of digital media that allow you to do like lookalike modeling, essentially allowing you to find more people like the ones who are already your customers, right? So um, can be very effective, you know, it can be very, very effective. Then there's third-party data, which in the digital universe is, let's say we're doing a, a programmatic buy um, and we're trying to reach, you know, prospective students um, in their secondary education search. There are data sets that we can buy, right? That say these are people who are in market, so to speak, for, you know, post high school education. And um, we'll apply those targeting parameters to our digital buys. So this first party and third party data can be very, very effective, you know, across digital campaigns. Yeah, and the first party data seems to be getting more and more important. As as yeah. rules change online, you know, that is kind of becoming the gold standard for data. 100%. You're absolutely right. And we say that probably 10 times a week. <laughs> is that like, you know, make sure retargeting pixels are firing and, and collecting data. Make sure you've got somebody mining your CRM. You know, I spoke to somebody the other day, a small business owner, and he was lamenting about how he wants to grow. And I said, what CRM are you using? He says, we're not yet. I said, oh, my goodness. What email marketing program are you using? Well, we tried that, but it failed. Oh, my goodness. How many clients do you have? I have 1,800 clients. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, that's gold. You're, you, you have all this wonderful data. You just need to segment it and house it in a, in a platform. And, you know, you can do some really creative things with that. Definitely. Now for, for colleges out there who are looking for a media buying partner, what are some things that you think they should be looking for or questions they should be asking? Yeah. Number one, um, this one always kind of gets me because it's like a lot of people come to us and ask us, do you have category experience with, you know, working with other education clients? I would say to them, look for agencies who have experience finding the type of people that you are looking for. Maybe it like, for example, not to, maybe we should be working together, Cheryl, because we do a lot of music and entertainment that tends to, you know, target kids, you know, 15 plus, right? So we might have a lot of really cool data and experience that, you know, will deliver the type of demographic you're, you're trying to reach. So I would say, you know, ask them not just for category experience, but for the type of people that you're trying to reach. Do they have experience with those types of demos? Right. Um, I think ask also what kind of reporting and stewardship and monitoring do they provide as, as a media agency? Because anybody can buy media, right? It's monitoring it, making sure you get what you pay for evaluating it um, and certainly, you know, analyzing it for some sort of return um, or measurement. 
And um, you have to do that. And there's some agencies that do it very well and some that do very poorly. We have a system that pulls in and or ingests media from or media data from different platforms or campaign data from different platforms. We tie it all up into one so that clients can come in, look at their campaign dashboard, and they don't have to look at 15 different, you know, things that we're doing maybe on other platforms. Um, it's a holistic way of reporting is what I'm trying to say. And it's, and that's very helpful. And then, you know, just an overall expertise. There are some agencies that are really good at search, like I said before, and some are really good at paid social, but what about all the other things that are available, right? Um, local media, outdoor, like we discussed, television, connected TV now, YouTube, Spotify, you know, the list goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Is that helpful? Well, really great. That's super helpful and really, really good advice. Um, I think those are good three questions for everybody to ask because they're out actually looking for any type of vendor, really. Yeah. You know, are they going to be good stewards? Are they familiar with the audience that we're trying to serve? Um, you know, how is the reporting? I think those are really important things. Yeah, you know, the reporting thing is is interesting because we've set up a platform where they can tap in and, and sign in and look at things. I will tell you, more often than not, they really they don't, don't. want to do it. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, they want us to send them the report. They want us to articulate what's the good, what's the bad, what did we change? And we do that. Obviously, we do that. Um, and frankly, I don't blame them, right? They're, they've hired us to to do the job. You know, we don't, some of them are very cool and hands-on and like it, but most often they want the report they want the analysis and the really great clients and you know your agency should make time for you to go through this you know every couple of weeks at least you know depending upon i guess the type of campaign but every couple of weeks two or three weeks you know regroup go through it and um everybody will feel more comfortable because they'll know what's happening you know what kind of changes you've been making yeah and yeah know, we you know we'll have meet with clients and you never really know you can have a thorough report, but then there's a question that comes out that you didn't include in the report because there's so many ways to look at the data. Sure. Um, and so I don't blame people for not wanting to go on the dashboard because there's right. a million different combinations yeah. to look at. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's, you know, there's media metrics that mm -hmm. we tabulate and count and monitor and, and measure, but then there's the KPIs of you know, the actual business, right? Yeah. What are those, what are those marketing objectives that they want to achieve? You know, whether it's, you know, lead generation or sales or occupancy rate or, you know, whatever, you know, what are some of your KPIs in education, right? You know, uh, applications filled out or what have you. So um, everybody has the different ones. And I think that that's maybe another thing they should be asking their media agencies is how easily can we connect some of our data with yours so that we can, attribute the media placement to the result yeah. right so if in your case it was applications you know can we really connect the dots as i like to say and show that that spotify ad drove in 15 applications yeah right that's what you want your agency to be able to do it is that is the million dollar question at least in higher ed marketing because once yeah. they hit that application system you can't track them anymore so I, yeah I've told some college presidents, it's like, if I could figure out how to, how to do that, I'd be a millionaire right now because yeah. everybody wants that information. Um, we actually did a marketing campaign 
for a very, very, very small private college um, who then implemented the campaign. So they bought their own media, they have very small budget. Uh, but it was so exciting because they went from two applications uh, and we built them a form and they collected 58 leads and they have 11 new students, which is 50% of their total enrollment. <laughs> yeah. So it was really cool. It was like, wow, this, you, this actually worked because we're dealing with such small numbers. Yeah. We could see, we could see the impact it made. So that was it's, really exciting. It's super exciting, but you yeah. created, right? There was that response uh, mechanism and, and ability then for you to measure, right? Where it was yes. coming in from. So. A lot of times that's just a landing page or mm -hmm. promo code or something, but you know, it's at least there to give you a little bit of more, a little more insight. Yeah. And it's exciting when you see something really, you know, blow up that you thought, wow, I never thought that that could generate, you know, as many leads or, or whatnot as it could. Yeah. And, you know, just like the musicians you play with, you can do a great marketing plan, but if the music's bad, you know, people probably aren't going to want to buy it. Yeah. Right. And it's the same in education. We could do a great campaign, but if nobody's answering the phones or nobody's helping students or there's not financial aid or the classes they want aren't offered, then they're not going to show up. Yeah. And then they just the, the tend to blame marketing for that. And you're like, no, <laughs> that was you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it made me think of something interesting that, you know, particularly in some of the categories that we deal in, and, and I would probably... You could probably think about this for education as well. There are there are those people that you know you know are looking, and then and then there are people that you know, are are prospective, you know, students and or in our case, music listeners that we think might like something, you know, and that's where I think you know the media planning gets creative because you know you're you certainly want to reach those people that you know we call preaching to the choir, right? We we know they're into it, we know they're going to like it you know, leverage your socials, do your retargeting, all of that good stuff. But then there's still a, you know, a fair amount of prospecting that needs to go on. And there's some other media channels that'll be good for that. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up our conversation, I would love to hear if you've had a favorite campaign that you've worked on in the last 20 years. Oh man, I will, there, there's several. Um, but I will say uh, we got into the Nashville music scene, I don't know, many, many years ago. And we started working with some of the labels down there. It was very exciting and some, some really, really great people uh, down there to work with. And we were working with Sony and we got to work on the Garth Brooks sort of comeback release that he did a number of years back. It was an extraordinarily large budget, which is always good. But just to get to work with that team and, you know, work with an icon in the industry and be able to do so much media uh, across different elements um, was really, really exciting. And it did fairly well. And, you know, he went on to have an amazing tour and <laughs> the rest is history. Oh, how cool. I know before we hit record, you had told me another musician bought a spot during what, Monday Night Football. Yeah. Yeah, Ozzy Osbourne just put out a, a record. God bless him, still rocking after all these years. <laughs> and, um, that, you know, that's an interesting point. So they like these bigger, you know, live events, right? Like sports and and uh, award shows and things. And the cert certain events can be really, really, uh, do really, really well for them. The NFL on Thursday Night Football, the very first game of the season, also featured Ozzy in the halftime show. So he performed. So there was a whole, you know, uh, I'm sure big marketing plan behind it. We were a, a smaller part, um, 
you know, in terms of running some commercials, but, you know, there's a, we're always part of a much grander plan on, on some of these bigger releases. But it must be very exciting to, to see your work on such a big stage. It's incredibly exciting. You know, I mean, when we're sitting there at home and you turn it on, you're like, my God, you know, our guys did that. We placed that. And it is challenging. A lot of these are, are done. Um, I'm sure your listeners can appreciate, you know, media is moving fast these days and it's, and it's done very last minute, you know, some of these decisions. And I'm, I always say it's been driven by our digital culture, you know, everything's done so quickly and fast and last minute that they want to try to do that with some of the older TV media. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not so easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They actually have uh, inventory. Like they, it's gone, right? If you don't book it, someone else will snag it. Yeah, for sure. For well, sure. it's been fascinating talking to you and congratulations on such a great career. And you put out a lot of great content um, for people interested in following you or learning more. Where can they go? Yeah, please visit our website. It's uh, tec-direct.com. We've got a little newsletter you can sign up for. And there's some great content that we put on there. We have a podcast of our own called Media in the Moment. We've got a few episodes up. Um, that I encourage people to to listen to about some really interesting media trends that are happening, but that would be the best place to start. Awesome. Are you the host? I, I've been, <laughs> I have done it. Um, I've actually got my staff, you know, involved and they love it and have a great time with it. Um, so we've been kind of trading, you know, uh, places with it. And, and, and I love that because I love to hear them articulate, you know, what's happening in our industry and they'll interview people. So it's, it's exciting and it's fun. As you know, it's a lot of work. These are not easy just to slap together, you know, and um, we got to do more of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I have a new, I'm excited because I'm going to download it. I have a new podcast for when I walk my dog. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chuck. Thank you, Cheryl. That wraps up this month's episode of Higher Education Coffee and Conversation. I hope you enjoyed the discussion and learned something new. And if you like the podcast, I would love it if you would leave us a review and make sure to take a screenshot and email me or hit me up on LinkedIn and I'll send you one of our fantastic GradCom shot glasses and a little something something to go with it. On behalf of all of us at GradCom, thank you for listening and thank you for working hard to make higher education a reality for students across the nation. Until next time.